Something is bubbling among women today. Women crave honest stories that entertain, motivate, and move them. Women want reinforcement that they are not alone in feeling the way that they do and that they can feel good about their prospects. Stories and Strategies for Women podcast will share riveting stories about amazing women. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. A good story well told is powerful. A good story can motivate. A good story can inspire action. Hey, Stories and Strategies listeners. We are very excited to welcome a new sponsor. It's iBobs at iBobs.com. I discovered iBobs a few years ago when I needed readers. If I needed to wear glasses, I wanted them to be fun to wear and fun to buy iBobs fits the bill and makes buying glasses super easy. Wondering what frames look the best on you? Check out the style quiz on the site to help you find the perfect frames. iBobs is offering a special discount for Stories and Strategies for Women listeners. Enter promo code STORIESANDSTRAT10, spell the end, at the checkout to receive your 10% discount today. Welcome to Stories and Strategies for Women. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. Geraldine Dunaher is the author of a brand new book entitled Still. Still is a very powerful book. It was very hard for me to put down. Congratulations. So how are you, Jerry? (laughs) I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. It's always great to see you and your energy. Oh, you're so (laughs) sweet. But thanks for being on because this book really had me riveted. And it is available in ebook, I should mention. Uh, yeah. At this point, it's just e- it's ebook alone where you can find yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And ebook was fun for me because I was just able to highlight things that I liked and write little notes. And so the whole darn thing is highlighted. So I just want to read a little excerpt for the audience. And this is from Still. Hate feels better than nothing. And so I tell him the truth. He should know what his wife is thinking, what she wants to do. I cried all my tears the first two months after Benjamin died. Now my voice is steady and controlled. I hate you, and I want to kill you. I know, Nikki, I know. He wraps his arm around me, and I put my head on his chest. Within minutes, he is asleep again, and I'm listening to his breathing, feeling the pulse of his heart. Disgust mixes with hate, and I turn away. How did love deteriorate into such rancor? I thought I knew all there was to know about love. Love for God, love for a husband, love for a child. Now all I have is hate. Love seems foolish in the midst of so much controlled hate. Uh, wow. Hello. Did that not get my attention? Oh, my goodness. And this is in the beginning of the book. Yeah. Wow. How, how does that, how's that feel for you to hear that back to you? Um, you know what? I think you are the first person that actually read it out loud to me and it cut right into my heart. You know, so it brought me right back into those feelings that I had um, for my husband back then and how strong they are. Um, I journaled through all of that um, hard time in my life and then and then writing about it years later, I think I was able to capture those feelings as they were happening in real time for Nikki, you know, because and that. uh, that's actually how a lot of women feel who go through something like this. And it was important for me to reveal it to other people who don't quite understand. Um, so 
Oh my gosh, it's really it's really affecting me right now hearing yeah. somebody read it. So thank yeah. you for reading that. Sure, it, it got my attention. It's super powerful, and we are talking about um, still the book, which is also a memoir with the names changed. And Jerry's going to describe it in her own way in a minute. But um, I it occurred to me reading the passage again that those feelings could be related to a lot of different events in a marriage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that's what makes it so um, relatable for, for women that a lot of times we're feeling things um, that we don't quite know how to express. And then what I learned though, that is by actually telling it, <laughs> you can, can start to control it. So, I mean, that might not be a, a great idea if you're not going for therapy, but I really, I think by just saying those sentences, it helped me understand what I was feeling and actually wrote them in a journal. And that's how I was able to put them right back into the story again. Um, and then you have to also understand that's PTSD. And I think a lot of people don't understand or just write it off or they should just, you know, pick up their bootstraps and keep going. And what was the big deal? But actually, PTSD can make you um, dissociate from things and have a hard time to understand. So I think that's what makes the book so powerful. I try to get you into the mind of, of Nikki. Yeah, and you you definitely did that. So why don't you describe the book overall for the audience? Because there's so many wonderful themes. And I, I think I've said it before, that a lot of what you talk about is very, very serious. And it's sad. But yet the book is so uplifting and positive. I don't know how you did it. I think that, um, well, my tagline or your elevator pitch, as we always talk about in writing, would be a young woman's decision to leave the convent puts her on a path to love and then the loss. <clears throat> so that is actually the what's going through the whole entire book is I wanted, my idea for Still was to try to figure out how much was the convent experience and that spirituality helping me through the grief that I was feeling, the hate that I was feeling after the experiences that led to the stillbirth. Um, so it's really a study of, of that. Um, so I guess that's, uh, you know, and also the PTSD kind of weaving through it so that you could understand that, that whole process. Um, so I guess that's, does that explain it pretty well? It does. It does. But then the names are changed and except for the, your son's name, uh, was Benjamin. I dedicated the book to Benjamin, mm -hmm. um, because he, you know, I did give birth to this child. I, I bonded with him. Um, but I changed everybody else's because I needed to give myself a little distance. Um, and I also wanted my readers to experience it in real time, to not be me writing about, oh, this happened back then. I wanted them to be able to be with Nikki as it was happening. So it's in like almost the present tense. So everything that you're feeling, those raw emotions are like are happening in real time with Nikki. If you write, if I wrote it as a memoir, then it would be, oh, and then this happened and this happened. And that's why a lot of people come to me and, you know, it was about 24 years ago that this all happened. And some people are really concerned about my, my state of being right now still. And so I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm glad that my book though 
you know, made you feel that way? Because that's what I want. I wanted you to get into the mind of the person dealing with it right then and there. So that's why I didn't write it as a straight memoir. So that's why we say things like everything that Nikki um, experienced in the book is definitely my experiences. Um, so they all happen. It's very linear. That, that's what happens from the beginning to the end. But I did change the names for those two for two reasons. One, to give me a little separation and to put my reader right then and there in that present moment of while it was happening. Was it easier to write it that way versus first person? Um, yeah, as soon as I tried to put my name in there, my husband's name in there, I, it was like, whoa, too overwhelming for me. I did have somebody, um, an international group for um, postnatal problems, mental problems with women who were like, I would want, I want to publish your book, but it has to be a true memoir. You have to get the names down the way that they were. And that was uh, maybe a uh, maybe too much of a trigger for me. I was just like, no, I can't do that. I will, I'll self publish then, you know, on, on Kindle and direct publishing. So um, there, there are certain things I think when you're a writer that you're willing to give up or change. And then there's also certain other things because it's your art form. It's, it's your baby, you know, it's what you want that you're just unable to do. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I totally understand that. And you know, it's funny when you write a book Sometimes, and especially one that's so powerful and so personal, you you don't consider that people are actually going to read it and they're going to know your life. And I'm wondering yeah. how that, you know, in terms of family, friends, people maybe who didn't know that you had been a nun and that you'd left the convent and that, you know, you had this experience. How, how has that been? I think it was that was what made it really nervous for my family and my husband. So they were very nervous for me, more nervous than I thought it was unsupportive at the beginning. I was like, well, why aren't these people? (laughs) And then I I realized because the content is so sensitive that they were a little bit nervous. Um, I guess because it happened so many years ago and I am in in a good headspace and in fact realized the whole experience was so sacred that it made me uh, more empathetic and more understanding um, that I'm okay with it. So when people do say, oh my God, I can't believe you know you wrote that, or oh my God, I can't believe you weren't really dealing with that. I often think of all the other people that are feeling those things on a day-to-day basis, you know, and, uh, and I'm okay with that. I just feel like it's life, you know, unfortunately it's the hard part of life, but you can be resilient and move on. And that perhaps is what you're saying about there's that feeling of hope. And even though it was so sad that you're not left with, oh my God, because I do think the human element is, you wanna rise up, you wanna be resilient, you don't wanna stay down. And so each thing makes you a little bit stronger, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah, especially um, when you're when you're writing so honestly, and I think that's what was so attractive. It was honest, it was honest, it was authentic. And there was a lot that I uh, resonated with and it's rare, you know? Oh, thank you yeah, so much. That's what I think. I mean, I think I think it's kind of rare, and I love that that you're, uh, you know, strong enough and courageous enough to to be out there. And because of the, what you had gone through with um, Benjamin dying, you you did have some therapy yourself. You describe it in the book, and then you you've continued to be connected to help mm-hmm. other women through that. Can you speak to that? 
Yeah, so um, I'm a grief facilitator for Unite Incorporated, which is um, which was a huge part for a huge part in my healing because you'd actually go and listen to a group of other women who have similar losses. So it's miscarriages, stillbirths, or early infant loss. And you all just share your stories. And the most important part of it is that you're not crazy. Uh, I think that so many women, when they're dealing with these things and the hormones of just having a baby and then there are no baby there, you, you really go through um, a mental strain that can just spiral. And when you listen to some of the other women and actually start laughing at like the the way you were like, oh my God, I thought it was just me. And then you start sharing and it can kind of lift you up. And then, you know, we reach out to them every month, but then they can also reach out if they're in a really hard time or having to trigger that they can't seem to get out of. And they actually just started a father's group. So the men usually have come with us with the women and they still do. And and they actually get great perspective into the conversations but now I think, you know what, um, we're trying so much always to include everybody in everything that perhaps sometimes some people are being overlooked. So if they want to do their own group, they can or they can join, you know, their spouses or, you know, the, the dads of the babies. So so that's great. And I actually did not was not a part of them for about 15, 18 years. It has just been recently and with writing the book. I'm like, I wonder if they're still around. And I went and I looked them up and then I said, you know, you all helped me 23 years ago. I would like to do it again. And then they give you the training and then you just reach out. And um, and there's there's so many women that this affects, you know, and nobody talks about it. So. Yeah, you deal with it so beautifully in the book and also describing what not to say to someone who has lost mm-hmm. a child. Um, and that's important, too, because I think it's something that people tend to, you know, kind of sweep under the rug, which is a shame. It doesn't help. No, 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 it doesn't help. And it's better to actually say something to them, even if it's, oh, my gosh, I have no idea what to say to you. But, you know, and just give them a hug or whatever. That's that's actually very helpful. Because a lot of the women don't even know what to say. You know, their minds are like spiraling. So they're like, I don't, I don't even, I can't even wrap my head around this. So absolutely. I'm going to mention that organization. Um, Can you say the name of that again, Jerry? I'm going to put it in the show notes. Unite Unite Incorporated. Unite Incorporated. Started like with Holy Redeemer. It's out in Paoli. It's they're really all over the place. They have um, a pretty big. Uh, following and and expansion um so terrific that's awesome the the other part of the book that i love is that uh as a as a local girl you write a lot Mm -hmm. about uh philadelphia and also being down the shore and um a lot of that resonated with me as well and there was one little aspect of this that and jerry's like what are you talking about you gave me this list of questions and these questions are nothing of what you're (laughs) asking but sorry this is what comes to me but in the book, you, your husband-to-be, who was kind of your, not a boyfriend, but a friend, um, mm-hmm. he, he, there were a lot of girls that came up to him. Like, what's up? What's up with that? Every time you'd, you'd end up somewhere else, there was another girl on him. What's the deal? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I yeah. <laughs> I think, too, there was something, like, sweet and kind about him. And he was very tall, I always say. So, I think, you know. Was that a magnet? And I was always, uh, and that kind of turned me off a little bit, right? Because I was thinking, 
I just came out of the convent. I was very insecure, you know, I did short hair. I was like not new. I didn't know what to wear. I was 21 in the convent. I came out and I was like, what are these bars? What's going on? So it was very, uh, it was a very strange world for me. And I was grateful to just, I actually ended up saying, well, we'll just be friends then in my own mind because he was shy. So it was um, interesting to me that he had said, oh, no, I've been interested in you for a year, (laughs) you know, before we actually even, you know, first kissed. So, um, yeah, I was a little bit confused on that. I don't know if maybe I was super sensitive to it because here was somebody I was kind of attracted to for the first time. And then there were all these other girls who knew what to do or what to say. Okay. So I was a little bit on the shy end myself. Yeah, and I loved I love that part of the story too. And 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 as I said, there's so much to the story. There's relationship with God. There's faith. There's resilience. Yeah. There's you know your relationship with your roommate. And there's just so much. It's 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 so so wonderful and worthwhile. So how is it going? So you decided that you were going to self publish. How is that process going? So I I enjoyed learning all about it and I really feel like I need to learn more about it. So I'm always like reaching out and trying to figure it out. Um, so I wish I could get the message out there a little bit more, you know, which is why I'm so grateful to be able to be with you today. And um, I'm learning that when I introduce myself to people, I'm supposed to say, oh, I'm a writer, which right yes. away, writers, we get like a little bit like, well, I am, but exactly Um, so i have to actually jump back into how to market myself on because of the publishing um so i i'm in the middle of writing a second book now and that takes a lot of my time and so i feel like after i have that first draft out and i throw it out to the beta readers i'll go back into trying to figure out okay how can i up this even little things when people read your book um, as an e-reader, if you give um, a rating, even if you don't want to write, if you just want to give the rating at the end of it, how would you rate this book? Right away, once you do that, your um, Amazon pushes up your oh, that's level. that's good to know. So I'm, so I'm always like, oh, I don't want people to think that they need to rate my book. Now I'm trying, like even mention it to you today. I'm like, okay, now after you read yes. my book, good, bad, or indifferent, just stick a star, one, two, three, four, five, like, it's okay, don't worry, whatever you want to give it is is fine, and then right away, that helps your marketing on Amazon, so. Nice, so any any review helps? Any review, any review. But yeah, with, so. And the book is on Kindle, so, or, you know, mm-hmm. any anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. that you have the ebook, you can download it, and so at the end of every ebook, you, you're going to have that option to to review Correct. it or to yep. start it. Neat. Okay, good. And even on Goodreads, I think you right. can even, I'm on there also, and I didn't even know about that, but some good readers went on and rated me on there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't even know about that. So, so nice. yeah, so if people could um, just oh, leave that. a rating, you know, if you're shy and you don't want to read a comment, that's fine. The comments that are on there, though, I was like so touched by them. You nice. know, people come up to me and tell me how much they like the book. And then other people actually write things. And I'm just floored that it's been getting the response that it has. You know, that doesn't so- you put your heart and soul into it and you hope people understand. Absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, when I authors really do have trouble selling themselves it's sell yourself you know and it's hard i mean it's unless you have that sales you know background 
uh, you're not comfortable with saying buy my book or do, but you have to look at it, in my opinion, like you're providing something really fantastic for people. You're providing something wonderful. And uh, if you just expose them to the fact that it's there, the rest is going to take care of itself. And that's really what you're doing. You're just you're just kind of making the announcement. You're not saying buy the book. You're just saying, hey, this this book's out there. Have a look. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, and the other thing, too, is with your book, um, it, it is uh, available on ebooks. Again, the name of the book is still and that's Geraldine Donaher. You can find her on her Twitter feed, a uh, I'm sorry, at Jerry, G-E-R-R-I Dunaher, and also her website, GeraldineDunaher.com. The way you published, um, you also did something that a lot of authors don't do, which is you allowed readers to read it first and to give their opinion. And um, I don't think a lot of aspiring authors even know that that is a possibility. Can, can you speak to that just a little bit? I, all I did was go on Kindle Direct Publishing, and I was in the dark about it all. I had no idea. And when I was doing all of the courses for writing and going to the conferences, they would say, oh, this is there, but they would jump over it. And then just, so I, I was left with, you know, I'm in my 50s now, so I think this younger generation coming up knows just how to get on there and figure it out. So honestly, that was just a little another thing that you push and I'm thinking, well, I guess this would be a good thing. <laughs> so good I just you. hit the button, you know. So I actually, a lot of the things I did by just saying to myself at the beginning of COVID, May, you know, 2020, I am publishing this book. It is time. I am not just sitting on it anymore. And nobody else is going to do that push. I have to do that. And and so I actually, if you go on Kindle Direct Publishing, it is really, it's very user-friendly for somebody like myself, who was also teaching while I was trying to get the book published. So I, 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 um, I know this is a pitch to them, you know, because uh, they make money off of my book, probably more than I even make money off of my book. Right. But at least my story's out there. And I did what my goal was to get it out there and to publish it. So I would say to writers out there, don't overlook Kindle Direct Publishing. It's user friendly. It talks you through everything. It even, which is what I want to do after I'm done my first draft of my next book, is to go back in there because there are always updating ways to help you get your book marketed. Because the more you do sell your book through them, the more money they do make. So they are there, of course, for themselves. They're a business. But if you look at it as not them stealing your money, but more as a way to help get your book out, right. then I, I do advocate for them for that purpose. Not, and and. Did they hook you up with the beta, beta reader? No. So okay. beta readers are one of my favorite things to talk about. So your beta readers are going to be those human beings that you can find that aren't just going to pat you on the back and say, great story. Anytime everybody, anybody did that to me as a beta reader, I was like, oh my gosh, they didn't even read my book. <laughs> you want somebody who's going to actually tell you the parts of the book that they liked, didn't like, understood the flow of the book. Now, what you do as a beta reader, so I went to professionals in the medical community and I said to them, here's my whole book. These chapters pertain to you. 
Can you read them and make sure they are technically correct, right? This all goes to wanting to respect your reader. So I don't want a mom who's reading what I wrote about during the ultrasound to say, wait a minute, that didn't happen to me because maybe my memory was a little bit off or I I did the name of the um, instrument incorrectly. So I give it to them and they, I give them no post-its and I'm like, anything that doesn't make sense, I don't want you spending a lot of time on this. I don't want you just put a question mark and say name and then write it down. And then I had somebody who does uh, screenwriting and works with plays. And he was actually a family member and he was a, a um, like a mid-20s boy, not my target audience so much. He, um, I started talking to him about my book and he said, I would love to be a beta reader for that. I'll look at it as the play form. Like, nice. can you, does it have the flow of the drama? And so I handed it to him. Actually, he said to me, because he's younger, he's like, oh, I don't want the hard copy. Just send it to me right. <laughs> in an email. That's right. Which, I, you know, I, I did. And he was able to, boom, pick things out right away. This is great. I stopped here. There was a pause. So anytime your beta readers pause, that means something wasn't right. So he would just say, you have to fix up this. This doesn't flow. Nice. So I give it out around six different people. So always professionals, always somebody that's a, a an avid reader. I actually now have three people who've asked me to be beta readers for my next yes. book. Yes. So um, one of them is an international teen health expert. So um, and it's about teenagers. Wow. So right away, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, thank you so much. Right. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of authors don't want to share their material and they certainly don't want to change it. And and in your experience, you found that that was a really positive experience and it helped make the book better? Correct, correct. And you, as the, as the artist, you can decide what you want to keep and what you don't want to keep, but you, you need to at least listen honestly with an open mind to what they're saying, because once again, that we're always learning, you know, and, and hearing other people's perspective on what you just did doesn't need to be oh my gosh it was horrible or whatever it it could just be all right that's great i see what you were trying to get at now but this is what i see so do i want my readers to see or to not understand or do i want them to understand i actually take what my beta readers say um to heart in a good way that they're not there to talk you down they're there to help you with your with your art so um, but once again, it is your project. So yeah, you, my beta readers never said anything about uh, like changing something really terrible about the book or like really murdering or anything. Right. Honestly, it was the big publishing companies that gave me advice that I was like, I, that's not what happened though, or that's not what happens to women. But they wanted the the shock. They wanted, and of all of the women who think about perhaps killing their husbands, <laughs> most of them don't. Right? Do you know what I mean? So for me, I was like, I feel like I'm putting my my women, my girls, into a box by just saying I'm having this feeling that I want to kill my husband, so I better go and kill him. Right. Most of us say, 
oh my God, I have this feeling that I want to kill my husband. Let me see if I can figure out why or what I should do with this. Or Right. So for me, so that was a very odd thing to me that my beta readers always understood more of the story and yep. just wanted story delivery to be better. But those big publishing companies, they I don't think they always have your best interest right. at heart. Right. They want the story to fly for them. They want your story to fit their needs. So, um, and that's why the writer's guide has all of the, well, we can talk more about that at another time, but I always do look into them for my query letters and who I want to send right. them to. Um, because right. they want you to, you have a great idea, that's awesome. You have to write it like this so it fits my agenda. Right. And that's what a lot of the writers are having a hard time with, right? Because yeah, they're like, hey, I can do that. But this is my art form, you know. Right, and it's a good it's a good warning because when you're a writer and you're you're looking at all your options, um, traditional publishing it can be a way to go. But if it's mm-hmm. changing the essence of what you're trying to say, and and I think from their perspective, at least what the feedback that you got before you published yourself, it's almost a little lazy, isn't it? Like I I'm just gonna just you know quickly feed this into um, what the the formula usually works for us versus what you were trying to do there and that is Correct. to help yeah. women and to understand women and not make it you know salacious a sensational writer exactly yeah. exactly um but it's funny now that you've published and now that you've sold so many books i'm wondering you know they might be knocking on your door again mm-hmm. and they'll do it your way because you've proven that it sells Right, and it's the truth, you know. So, like you were saying, it's it's true to the core. Then people are going to relate to it. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So, let me ask you this: Are you um, one of the marketing things that you did was um, you your daughter uh, put together a TikTok about mm-hmm. the book, which, of course, you know that's awesome and that's so relevant, and it's a great way <laughs> to use the social media. Um, do you have any other? Uh, advice for authors who are just getting started yeah so it's called book talk now so and there was a I think it was in the Philadelphia Inquirer a friend of mine sent me the article that book talk is now a big thing trending on TikTok and it shows somebody um, with music of course it has to do with whatever they're trying to read reading the book and you know in that really quick click and so I had reached out to my daughter and I'm like, would you want to do this for me? And surprisingly, she did. And, um, you know, the last time I looked, it was like, I mean, it was 135,000. That's amazing. And like a million, you know, a solid. So so it was pretty cool. So, yes, definitely do that. Um, and also, I, you have to talk to the youth. You know, you have to find out. I mean, if you're my age, if you're young and you're doing this, just stay on top of all of the changes. So um, I think, you know, and go into book clubs. So that is another big thing. Be willing to go and to talk about what you wrote to to um, to different book clubs. So they're actually very supportive and fun. And you meet great, you know, women and men, um, mostly women for me. <laughs> but um, 
I'm, I'm still, like I said, trying to learn how to market myself. So I'm always looking. The writers' conferences are really good, and you meet a lot of other writers. So we definitely do them. Um, be careful. There are a lot of conferences out there where they just want your money. They cost a lot of money, and then you go, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that kind of is what, what I fell into. I just thought everybody wanted to help me. Right, right. <laughs> you know, you're so young, and you're trying. So just make sure if you sign up for a writer's conference, there are reputable authors giving the talks, mm-hmm. not somebody who is, you know, um, somebody you haven't heard of or somebody's kind of vague or, um, I mean, they're fun for classes. Right. If you want to go and take a, a brush up course, I did that and I was put in the middle of a writer's group and that was fun. Um, but, you know, you just go into the writer's conferences are, are fun and exciting. Just make sure you know who's giving the talks. And if you want to attend any of them, don't, because a lot of these authors and the people who are planning them are trying to make money off of the writers that are hoping to get published. Right. Because, yeah, there's a whole industry of Uh, just, just, right, to get money from, yeah, aspiring Mm -hmm. authors. So, and it is, you know, each author, especially if they're going to self-publish, it's you've got a very limited budget and you have to be really really careful right because you're not and they'll even if, if it's a good conference like i i have gone to them they'll, they're real honest they're like if you think you're going to get rich right. <laughs> publishing your book you're not right you have to do other things you have to edit for people you make money if you're an editor you have to give talks which is fine i don't um you know, when I if I do a book club, I'm not going to charge anybody for that because you're going and you're t- meeting people and you're, um, you know, talking about your book. So, oh my goodness. But not everybody thinks that way, you know. So, no, I want to make money. I want to make money. So, um, you know, just they just have to be aware that people are going to want to make yeah. money off your ideas. So, Absolutely. which is why I pretty much ended up just self-publishing. I thought, you know what, let me jump it into it this way. Yes learn a little bit more and I did learn a lot awesome well, we're gonna have to follow up with you again and find mm-hmm. out how the new book is going and if you have been picked up with by a publisher um, um, an outside <laughs> publisher which I really think is going to happen and mm-hmm. also um, oh shoot what I want I wanted to ask you about um, are you attending book clubs is that something that you're looking for and where can people find you if if they would like for you to attend their book club meeting in the in the tri-county area (laughs) i would love to attend your book club so you can reach me on twitter you can reach out of twitter i have my email address is right on my website geraldinedonaher.com um gdonahergmail.com uh so i would just love to come out and and give you a little rundown on the book and meet you so that would be great awesome (laughs) <laughs> thanks jerry thanks so much for spending time with us we've been with, we've been speaking with geraldine dunner and she is the author of the brand new book still which you can find wherever you buy your ebooks and have a have a look we're going to put in the show notes the organization that she talked about unite inc that's doing some fabulous work and and all the publishing advice that you've given we really appreciate it jerry thanks for being with us sure i'll see you again bye-bye see you soon And you are listening to Stories and Strategies for Women. 
You're listening to Stories and Strategies for Women podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. Visit me at my website, ClaudineWalk.com. Drop me a note on Instagram at ClaudineWalk. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.